Welcome back to Sunday Stories everyone. We're back with a bit of a different book to the ones we've read before. So what is it? Well, this one's very exciting because I have loved having this in the kitchen. After the success of her first book, we've got For the Love of the Land 2 by Jenny Jeffries, which is full of food and flavour. So Perfect. Excited. So I think it's very easy to pick up this book. There is a massive cake on the front. There's also a beetroot, so I'm assuming that's a beetroot cake. Ooh. Um, and the other important thing I think about this is how it talks about celebrating British farming and the farming community. And I think that is just crucial at the moment. And to have a book which is talking all about British produce is really, really great. So on the back, I've noticed there is a little Yellow Wellies logo. And when you look inside, there is an introduction as to why that is. So as I just mentioned, there is a whole introduction and double page spread dedicated to Yellow Wellies, which is fantastic because it's a charity that's close to our hearts. So the intro is actually written by Stephanie Berkeley, who is manager at the Farm Safety Foundation. So she talks a little bit about how the charity was set up, why it was set up, and she goes on to say, British farmers work for the love of the land. They are a remarkable breed, adaptable, resilient, and incredibly hardworking, but their commitment comes at a price. For a workforce that accounts for only 1% of the working population, the industry accounts for nearly a quarter of all fatal workplace injuries, giving it the poorest safety record of any occupation, almost 20 times higher than the GB industry average. I mean, we've heard statistics like that before, but they're always, always shocking to hear. Always. And I, yeah, it's, it's amazing to think that we've got charities that are working to, to make a difference, but it's evident that there's, there's still more that needs to be done. I think from outside, of the industry i would never have even considered it to be necessarily a, a dangerous job when you think of kind of danger you think maybe a police officer or a firefighter and i'm not saying those aren't dangerous but farming has its own its own challenges as well so yeah at the end of this it says we are grateful to jenny for choosing to support us with the second installment of for the love of the land and we look forward to backing british farming by using locally sourced ingredients grown by our wonderful producers and creating something truly special. I think that sums up the message of the book, really. Um, it's just so feel good, yeah. you know, like, oh, it's like local produce, good home cooked food, but also supporting a really important charity. And with a real sense of community, you know, you can just see in the first few pages and particularly this one. Yeah, I mean, you can see Matt there, we know Matt. Oh, Hi, yeah. Matt. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it is a sense of community and I think that's what the farming industry is all about. Absolutely. The first recipe we've pulled out is one from somebody who you may recognise and it's from Jimmy from Jimmy's Farm. He writes, Our first sow, Rosie, was so sweet. She ended up living in the caravan with us. Well, until she got too big. We worked every hour of the day sent and created a tiny farm shop and butchery to sell our premium sausages and bacon. Jimmy goes on. I've always had a passion for wildlife. I worked at Mole Hole Wildlife Park in Saffron Walden when I was in my teens and loved taking care of a menagerie of different animals from otters to chimpanzees, pigs to chinchillas. The dream began there. After a degree in zoology, I continued to study for a PhD in entomology. 
It was when I met my future wife, Michaela, that I decided to give it all up and train as a pig farmer. Now, for me, that's just quite interesting talking about the academic background A hundred percent. It's something that we talk about a lot and it does show that farming can definitely be grounded mm -hmm. in academics. There's obviously other routes in, but if you do have an academic background, it's not stopping you from being in farming. And also he's, had a, he's obviously got passion and interest in animals. So, I mean, the fact he's gone from what, chimpanzees all the way back to pig farming <laughs> is incredible. It's, you know, it's a real story. It is. Well, and that's interesting you say that because the BBC took an interest in our little story and followed our endeavours to breathe life back into this almost extinct breed. Quality meat and food production was at the heart of our operation, and soon we developed the derelict farms into a series of shops and a farm restaurant. The restaurant now relies solely on our farm-produced meat, from beef and lamb to all our pork dishes. We're quite famous for our sausage rolls, and can sell as many as 10,000 a month in the busy summer periods. 10,000 sausage rolls, wow, that's incredible. It is incredible, and I think what he's really, really pushing is this message of, you know, as local as possible. And for them to know the story of their animals, which they're then utilising in their shop, is fantastic and something which hopefully consumers can really buy into. I also think it's really embodying Jenny's message of bridging that gap between consumer and farmer, because he's saying that, well, we have a restaurant, we, you know, we sell this many diet. I think it's just great. I think it's a real message to take home. Absolutely. So what's the recipe? Well, Jimmy's Farm's recipe is crispy pork belly, braised hipsy and juniper. Oh, that looks delicious. So Lizzie, what recipe are we going to next? So we are going to Eco You by Olivia Shear. So this one's quite interesting. I think you'll like it. So she says, we are so proud to produce British lamb and share our farming journey, infusing people to really connect with their food and to understand the effort that goes into it. She continues. As a first generation farmer, I run the business alongside my husband and two daughters. We started seven years ago after we suffered the very sad loss of my father-in-law, John. He had worked the land for over 45 years and passed his passion for the countryside onto my husband, Justin, and subsequently onto his granddaughters, Jenna and Abby. He played an integral part in all our lives and it seemed only fitting to continue his legacy. Not only uniting us in grief, but giving us all a purpose. 2021 brought one of our proudest achievements to date when we became finalists in the prestigious Clarissa Dickinson Wright category of the Countryside Alliance Awards, which recognised rural businesses that go the extra mile and were a huge honour for us. It's really nice, isn't it? I can't believe they're first gen farmers. Which is really, really interesting. I guess they have that family background in it, but for her to come in is quite a big step. And we've talked to lots of people who find that a really challenging step mm -hmm. to come into the farming industry. I mean, Jenny herself has come into the farming industry through yeah. her husband. So it's a really, really interesting dynamic. So Olivia goes on to say, it's vitally important to engage with the younger generation to share the realities of how British farmers are committed to producing healthy food while embracing the challenges of climate change, enabling them to make informed choices when it comes to eating balanced diets and buying local. I reach out to schools, pubs, restaurants, and more through my roles as a community supporter for Love British Food and as a ambassador for HDB, which generally receives a great response. 
We also achieved a great taste award in 2020 and are hoping we can continue to put our lamb on lots of plates by advocating for its versatility and health benefits when farmed with pride. I love that. Absolutely and I think well the passion of these farmers is coming through with every every one of these that we read in that they are desperate to get the message across to the public that they care about their animals, their yeah. produce, the environment. There's so many balls which they're juggling, but ultimately they're producing good quality, tasty, sustainable food. And it's the fact that she's talking about the younger generation. We really do need to be, well, starting from the ground up, no pun intended. But yeah, I think children, whether they're in cities or rural communities, need to be engaging with, with the land and the food. Absolutely. Well, I guess I want to see what recipe Olivia is going to share with us. So we have Norfolk lamb moussaka. Looks delicious. delicious. <laughs> well, Becca, we've had two cracking main courses. I see but, what you did there. Oh, thanks. But you know what I'm all about? Bit of dessert. What have we got up? So next we're heading to Wood Farm Free Range Eggs Limited and this part is written by Charles Mayne. The feedback we get from customers makes me feel 10 feet tall. It makes all the tough times you get with farming worthwhile. He goes on to say, Wood Farm has been in my family since 1948. So Joe and I were thrilled to have the opportunity to buy it in 2012, making us the fourth generation of farmers. In 1996, my dad and I took the plunge and decided to try free range egg production. After a few teething problems, things soon settled down and I've never looked back. Jo left London and joined the farm in 2003. She found my enthusiasm for the farm and the hens contagious, so we decided to create our own brand and sell our eggs direct. The feedback we get from customers makes me feel 10 feet tall. It makes all the tough times you get with farming worthwhile. We are passionate about our free-range hens and their eggs, but also about the environment, which is why we looked into pioneering ways to become carbon neutral. Interesting. I mean, we're both from poultry backgrounds, so I think we can both appreciate how much, well, eggs are everyday essentials. Absolutely, and also how much thought and time and technology goes into producing eggs, to keeping the hens healthy, um, and as with Charles and Wood Farm Free Range, a lot goes into this idea of sustainability Definitely. and the environment as well, which I think is the only way that farming is going, really. I think the decision to sell eggs direct is also a very interesting one. Um, ideally, we'd all sell direct. It's not feasible for every farmer, but I think that really helps them with the link they're making to the consumer. I love that he talks about his wife as well how she moved out of London and she found it really contagious because I think once you get into farming, you either you love it or you hate it. And if you love it, you are stuck. You are, you are stuck knee deep, knee deep in mud, you are stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the dessert? Okay, this is basically the bit you've been waiting for. Oh, so their dessert is? My fave. A creme brulee. I have a funny story about creme brulee. Do you? That's my first time I ever tried creme brulee was when I got a wee bit tipsy on a Sunday afternoon and I had like a full Sunday dinner at this pub and I was like, I've never had creme brulee and I had creme brulee and I don't know why, maybe it was the alcohol, but it was the best dessert <laughs> I have ever had in my life. Hooked ever since. Absolutely. <laughs> so this is something I'm gonna be making. So, final recipe, Bex. 
is I think a very inspirational by a very inspirational lady yeah it's a really really moving one and I think her story shows that anything's possible really so this one is by one girl and her cows so that is Holly Mosscrop and she says both my mum and granny are also very passionate about cooking especially with, with ingredients they've grown reared or foraged I was taught by them from a young age how much love and effort goes into our food to always know and respect the origins of it and be proud of its story. So Holly's story is, I was lucky enough to grow up on the beautiful Yorkshire farm. I still get to call my home. Immersed in the world of farming, a world I very quickly knew I never wanted to leave behind. And later she goes on to say, my life didn't quite turn out as planned and my dreams of becoming a farmer and working alongside my dad had to be adapted when a debilitating long-term illness called ME came along and removed me from the life I once knew. But my love for British farming and our own farm remained ever strong. So in an attempt to find a way to stay connected to the world of agriculture and try reconnecting others to it too, I began writing a blog called One Girl and Her Cows. My hope is to one day sell our own meat from our cattle through my website and give people a chance to know the whole story of the food on their plates and how that food played a pivotal role in maintaining and protecting the British countryside we know and love. I think she is a really fascinating lady and I think... A real inspiration. Yeah, what I really like is the fact that obviously when faced with this diagnosis, she turned it into something where she could still be connected to farming. And I think we all potentially have that opportunity through social media and online platforms. And the fact that she writes a blog, I think is a fantastic idea to showcase what she's doing and, and how she's navigating her way through farming. I think it just makes farming more accessible. So it shows that no matter your background, no matter um, you know the challenges that you face, you can still find your place in agriculture. Absolutely. I really like her aspirations for the future as well, um, to hopefully sell their meat direct, something we've talked about in this episode already, that's selling direct to consumers. And I think she would be a perfect person to tell that story mm -hmm. of how food is really produced. Yeah, her passion, I mean, it just comes through, doesn't it? And she's a fellow Yorkshire lass, so can we... Uh, Absolutely. Our hearts with her. <laughs> so... I'm interested to know about her recipe because... It links back to the idea of foraging, doesn't it? It does. So, the recipe we have to finish today is hedgerow sponge pudding. What do you think, Bex? Mm, I do think that sounds good. And I think what's really, really special about this recipe is that the fruit that you're going to be using in it, well, you just have to look what's in season and it'll vary all, all throughout the year. Well, I think you'll agree. What another fascinating episode of Sunday Stories. A really different one, but definitely one I've enjoyed. It's been great. So thanks so much for joining us and listening to us ramble on as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you also so much to Jenny for speaking to us earlier in the week and also letting us feature her fantastic book. Well, I think we'll get in the kitchen and try a few recipes. If you try any, please do tag us, tag Jenny, and we'll be sharing a couple, hopefully, on Farmers Weekly. Thank you.